Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast, where we provide you with your weekly diagnosis of everything fantasy football. Whether it's season-long leagues, dynasty, DFS, or even IDP, we got you covered all season long. All right, welcome to episode six of the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast. I'm John June. Um, I got my my buddy Greg Penniman here. How you doing today, Greg? Doing all right, man. We're we're so close. We're so close to this football. Um, I'm I'm really hyped. It's been a long time coming. Yo, it's, it's Bears Packers coming up. All these week one matchups, it's, it's, it's really exciting right now. It's type time. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm so happy, bro. Like, I just can't. I have to keep pinching myself. Like, there's actually going to be football on TV tomorrow, and the games actually matter. They matter. And it's, 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 oh, man, I'm just, I'm so happy. I'm so excited, I man. I know. Literally talking about it all day, 24-7. <laughs> Thinking all about day. it, sleeping, all that. All day. Like, um... Yeah, I mean, we were we were both away the, each of the last two weeks. Um, I, I was away last week. You were gone the week before that. And um, I think that, that helped to bring us a little bit closer to this day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> for sure. But, um, you know, so much changes over the fantasy landscape. I know while you were gone for a week, you came back and you were you were in Costa Rica and you came back and. <laughs> yeah. And you and the whole world had, had flipped upside down. Know, Darwin Thompson became a person. Uh, and it was just a lot of storylines. I came back and I'm like, oh, yeah, this person. And you miss one day. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and I come back and Darwin Darwin Thompson's not not relevant in, in, anymore. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, I mean, let's like, I guess let's just let's jump right into it because we were gonna we were gonna go over the news. The roster cuts happened on um, this past weekend, um, so yeah, I mean, let's just jump right into it. So, you know, we just touched on uh, the relevance of potential relevance of Darwin Thompson. Uh, the reason we bring that up is because uh, Bills Buffalo Bills running back Lashawn McCoy, uh, aka Shady McCoy, for, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles. Signed a one-year, four-million-dollar deal to uh, go be with his buddy Andy Reid. Uh, three, I think it's three million guaranteed or three and a half million dollars guaranteed, something like that. So, um, you know, he's he's obviously going to make the roster. He's obviously going to be on the team. Um, yeah, what do you what are your thoughts, Greg? What do you think about that? Um, yeah, I think the Andy Reid definitely wanted to make this move. Um, he claims that he wants to do a timeshare. He's still. Uh, he claimed that when he had Darwin Thompson and Carlos Hyde and stuff, but and he continues to emphasize that he wants a timeshare. Um, I'm not sure how that will work out. Shady had career lows in rushing yards, yards per carry, and he had his lowest carry since his like mark since his rookie year at 161. So um, he had a pretty bad year. One of his probably probably his worst year of his career. Um, I I don't want Shady to take away from Demi Wing's value. But uh, I think at first, you, you got to expect LaShawn to get at least, you know, he's going to get snaps at the very least, maybe like five to ten touches or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know how 
this is this is one of those moves that's better for the Chiefs in real life. Yeah. Than it is for actual fantasy production of of the running backs in this situation, right? Um, I I think when you have a player like Shady McCoy, uh, somebody who's who we all know is so good in space, um, his his lateral quickness, his agility, uh, his ability to make people miss, and 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 that was, you know, that's part of what Andy Mead, what makes Andy Reid so great is his ability to put his players in, in positions to succeed. You know, you look at what he's done with guys like Tyreek Hill. Um, you know, he goes and drafts like a guy like Nicole Hardman. Um, he had Kareem Hunt, who was similar in that way, and, and Damian Williams has shown some of that. So, um, you know, he's been able to uh, – Andy Reid's been able to put some of that to the forefront. And so now you get a guy like Shady back in there. Um, you know, I don't think it's out of their own possibility that we see, you know, multiple of these backs on the field at the same time. Um, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility, but I, I think it's I think it's good for the offense. But um, you know, it's definitely a hit, somewhat of a hit to Damian Williams' value. Um, but there there was a uh, there there was a a headline that had come out. I don't know if you saw it, but it, it said that um, that he expects them both to be the starters, or he views them both as starting running backs. Um, but I guess if you read into that storyline uh, or that, that actual story, uh, he, Andy Reid let LaShawn McCoy know prior to him signing with the Chiefs what he thought of Damian Williams as a player hmm. and that he thought that Damian Williams was still a good player and let him know that, hey, you know, Damian's going to have, a, you know, a significant role in what we do. And, he, you know, he, he kind of set the expectation for LaShawn McCoy. So, um, I, you know, we could think that LaShawn McCoy is a great player all we want, right? But at the end of the day, our opinions don't matter. What what matters is Andy Reid's opinion. So, you know, I, I'm curious to see what happens here. Yeah. I mean, Damian Williams is just so effective last year. You know, he's right now he's still uh, ADP, you know, RB12. Um, he, from week 13 on with at least 15 touches, he got at least 19, he got to 19.5 points in FanDuel scoring. So that's really effective. Um he, He's very talented. Uh, I just, you know, a lot of teams are going to that uh, multiple running backs in committee. It leads to winning football, and the Chiefs are a Super Bowl contending team, so they're going to do whatever it takes to win. Yeah, it's just, um, I I don't know. This is just like a constant reminder for me that Damian Williams has not been like all that. Like, we've never known Damian Williams to be talented, right? Like, if you, if, if anybody, if like, you know, we were flopping Damian Williams in our dynasty league two years ago for like IDPs. You know, yeah. like no name IDPs. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, if if you know, if I asked you about Damian Williams last year, two years ago, you would have told me he was a jag. You know, like just a guy. So, um, <laughs> so like the fact that we talk about Damian Williams in this sense today, in the you know, in the presence of Andy Reid, right? Like I don't think that's a coincidence. Right. Um. So it's just something to remember to remember that, like, you know, we've seen this time and time again, right? Like, it was Jamal Charles until it was Charkandrick West, until it was Spencer Ware, until it was Kareem Hunt, yep. until it was Spencer Ware, yep. right? Like, we've we've seen this over, and, and, and then it was Damian Williams. Like, we've seen this over and over and over and over again, um, just in the Chiefs, just on the Chiefs alone, right? Yeah. So, um, under, obviously, under Andy, the Chiefs under Andy Reid, but... 
Um, you know, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see this, you know, people are, are jumping off the Darwin Thompson bandwagon. You know, I, I, I wouldn't jump that. I wouldn't jump off that quickly. Um, you know, if, if I had, if I had a, a roster spot to spare, I, I know we got rid of him in, in our, um, in our, the, the team that we call one of the leagues that we call on, but, um, you know, we didn't have the roster spot to kind of to kind of spare because of the way that roster was constructed. But if you've got deep a deep bench or you've you know you've got the roster spot to be able to hold on to Darwin Thompson, I would still stash him if I could. To be honest, man, because uh, like as we've seen, um, so we'll get to in a little bit. You know, uh, any anything can happen. This is the NFL, and like anything can literally happen at this point right now. Yeah, for especially sure. when it comes to the running back position. Yeah, definitely. Um, there's not a lot of depth at position, so you gotta get him when you can. Um, Shady again didn't have a very good year this year, so if he goes on that trend this year, you, you gotta expect Darwin Thompson to at least get the opportunity to be in that that second role, have his own role. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, we, we would we would definitely expect that. But you know, speaking of opportunity, people are talking about. Devin Singletary probably yeah. having an opportunity of a lifetime. Sleeping on fantasy football diagnostics. Yep. Yes, sir. I mean, you, you brought it up on the running back pod in episode two. Um, Devin Singletary was one of your sleepers. Um, I actually ended up drafting him in the, the leave extraordinary people draft. I drafted him really late. Um, and actually at the time I was selecting him, uh, you know, I, I was saying, because it was, it was kind of early when I took him, because, you know, we did our draft back on August 15th, mm-hmm. um, which was still a little bit early. And I drafted him in round nine, I think it was. Um, was it the end of round nine? Or no, the top of round nine. And, um, you know, it was still kind of early because his ADP at that point was still like in the 11th round, 11th, 10th round. Mm-hmm. Um, but I said at the time of the pick that, you know, we're three weeks out. And, you know, anything can happen. Um, Shady could get cut or traded any time within the next three weeks. And, you know, you look at what happened on cut down day. And, you know, some people were surprised. But honestly, if you ask me, this was the writing was on the wall. Um, you know, Shady had over a nine million dollar salary cap charge. Um, you know, we're talking about a 30, a 32 year old running back. Is he 31, 32? 31, I believe. Um, yeah. 31, 31 year old running back who is coming off career lows in yards per carry um they drafted Devin Singletary in the third round last year um so you know when a team makes that kind of investment in in a in a player especially a player running back you know like we talked about before we we have to take note of that and um you know it my ears kind of perked up a little bit when Devin Singletary (laughs) everybody's ears perked up a little bit when Devin Singletary got drafted um you know, I know he went. He was going pretty high in dynasty leagues too. Um, so you know, this this is a guy that's that the fantasy community has just been sitting and waiting on, literally to just pop. Um, and and you know, the time is the time is here and the time is now. So, so what do, what are you expecting from from Damian from Devin Singletary? Um, yeah, I'm expecting him. You know, so Frank Gore is still there. Old old man Frank Gore. Uh, T.J. Yeldon's still there. Um, so you know. You're not gonna expect him to maybe be like the the dog right away, like the the guy to um, just lead it all the way. I'm sure they want to just ease him in there, but he's definitely gonna get his opportunity. I gotta expect him to be on the field uh, for sure, and 
getting uh, maybe at that, you know, close to that 15 touch marker is with what you want to see. Um, uh, I think at, at the very least, he gets, you know, the 10 to 15 touch mark. They played the Jets week one, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah, um, I don't know if this is going to be a situation where Dave, Devin Singletary gets the gets the the job right off the bat. Yeah, um, kind of like you're alluding to. Um, you know, I, I Frank Gore is you know say you know we can say what we want about Frank Gore. We can make all the all the jokes about his age, um, but he's still a pro, and and coaches still trust him. Um, and and so in, in week one, you know coaches are still trying to figure out their team they're still trying to fill out their teams you know they might be more inclined on like in a third down or on the goal line to trust a frank gore as opposed to devin singletary you know um depending on how the game's going so you know i think it's one of those situations where it, it might not you know we i wouldn't start him this week you know if i had better options yeah, i'd go I there um but I, I i wouldn't put him in my starting lineup i would try to avoid that if i could um, and I would, but I would just sit and wait. I would just sit, wait. Um, you know, I, I'd, I'd rather be a game, I'd rather be a game late on Devin Singletary than be a game early. Um, so, you know, depending on how your roster is constructed, if you can buy the time, then buy it. But, um, you know, this just, I think this guy is a guy you just continue to stash. You, you didn't, you drafted him late, so you're, you're not counting on him anyway. Um, Do you want to so, guess where his ADP is now? Oh, I mean, I just I just did a draft, and, and I mean, granted, it's ten team keeper leagues, but he went in the fifth round. Wow, like, that's great. He's going yeah. in the seventh right now, but he's right yeah. he's behind Darwin and Tony Pollard. So you got to maybe probably expect him to jump both those guys. And... Yeah, I mean, you have to imagine, you know, it's 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 probably skyrocketed since the shady news, but yeah. I don't think it's hit it. I don't think it's. I mean, it, obviously the the season starts tomorrow, right? right <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> If if we had if we had another six days, <laughs> it'd probably like, be up to the fifth. You think? Yeah, it yeah. would be. It would be up to the fifth, yeah. man. Because the height. I mean, people people were drafting Devin Singletary <laughs> over Lashawn McCoy yes. while they were still on the roster. Yes. <laughs> like it. Like that's how that's how high the Devin Singletary hype had gotten. You know, like people were like I I was guilty of it. I was like, well, Shady won't even be on the Bills in like a few weeks, so I'm just gonna <laughs> draft Devin Singletary. You know, so um, yeah. I mean, I'm excited. I mean, this. I mean, we're talking about a, a talented kid here. This guy in three years at at, at uh, Florida Atlantic University ran for over 4,200 yards. That's crazy. He averaged he averaged six yards a clip. Guess what, Greg? In three years, this dude averaged he or three years he ran for 66 touchdowns. That's crazy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. In in three years. Um, you know, I know there there were questions about his speed because you know he's he's a small guy. He's five. He's five. He's five seven, two oh three, uh, but he ran four six six, which you know you would hope that he would run a little bit faster at that time. Um, I'm at that size, but you know you turn on the guy's film. You know he he makes guys he makes guys miss. Clearly he he knows um, how to get in the end zone, and this guy averages. Six yard, he averaged six yards a clip in in college, and, and um, while he doesn't have a large pass catching profile in college, he only caught fifty one passes in those three years. He he actually he was able to put on film that he was able to do it. 
And if you looked at the way the Bills were using him in some of the preseason games, they were throwing him the ball and using him as as a pass catcher. So I, I'm I'm really I'm really excited to see where where, where this goes, man. I, I really am. Yeah, for sure. That's uh definitely worth that bench stash. You got to be really happy right now if he's sitting on your bench. Yeah, and you know what? This is people think people think I'm crazy sometimes. I mean, you know, I'm um some we're we're exposing ourselves to a little bit uh sharper leagues in that sense but um some people think i'm crazy for not drafting a defense or a kicker but you know somebody who drafted jacksonville in the ninth round versus (laughs) me who drafted devin singletary in the ninth round well you know i'm winning yeah for sure (laughs) you know and guess what neither one of us are starting our ninth round pick so (laughs) Right. With Jacksonville playing Kansas City this week. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're not starting. Oh, I mean, you're not. You're definitely, like, sweating, for sure, if you have Jacksonville this yeah. week, week one, coming up. You do game. not feel comfortable no, 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 leaving no. that team in your lineup. Um, But, yeah, so uh, I guess moving on, um, you know, this, this domino effect of running backs, right? Shady gets cut from the Bills, signs with the Chiefs. Prior to him signing with the Chiefs, Carlos Hyde gets traded to the Texans. Yep, he's black and boy. we move on. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, as long as it's the Duke Johnson show in Texans, it's, that's all I care about, man. I got him in one of my you leagues know, before the you know what? Yeah, no, Duke Johnson. Um, you know, we you and I had a conversation because he got drafted in the eighth or seventh round of our of our draft, and our draft was early. It was like it was August fifteenth. If if you'd be lucky to get. Duke Johnson in the eighth round today. Yeah, this is like right before the Lamar Miller news. Like the this was two weeks before, before the Lamar yeah, Miller crazy. news. Yeah, Matty Ice is on and that early. He was on it early, <laughs> and and I, I remember saying to you at that time, even before Lamar Miller got hurt, that hey, this is a sharp, this is a pretty sharp pick. You know, I, you know, I I was I questioned it at the time because, you know, I, you know, I questioned the upside there with Duke Johnson. You know, what kind of role would he have? Um, but you know. You know, we talk. We said it. I just, I literally just said it talking about Devin Singletary. Um, you know, the team traded a third round pick to get Duke Johnson. You know, or a fourth round pick that become that can become a third round pick. So they they put an investment in, in Duke Johnson. So um, that 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 tells you that you know they they have intentions on using that player. And then you think about the players that Bill, o, you know, the, the style of offense Bill O'Brien has run. You know, where he's had running backs like James White or. Uh, Danny Woodhead uh, in in the past, and and so you know Duke Johnson, if if he even fills that role, then that's going to yeah, be productive, those, those especially are the in an offense. PPR backs right there. Yeah, exactly, especially in an offense like that, um, where you know they're they're throwing the ball a ton with Deshaun, and you know it's, it's quality targets from Deshaun Watson. Um, so even looking from that perspective, I I, I was I was um, warming up to the idea of Duke Johnson, but then you throw this Lamar Miller. Torn AC. I mean, I mean, I mean, and you know, you know, uh, you know, my heart's out to Lamar Miller. I hope he recovers. Um, you know, he was always, uh, you know, a good player. Just never somebody I never want. I ever really wanted. To, I felt comfortable drafting and starting in my lineups for the last few He's years. Like the but, definition of RB two. Like yes, like he is RB two. Like, like he is the borderline RB two, RB three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like consistent. Um. Yeah, so you know, I hope he recovers. Um, you know, it's sad to see him, you know, go out like that. But, uh, but back to Duke Johnson. You know, I, 
yeah, I, I, I just have to imagine now that he's going to be an even larger um, part of this offense, right? Like Carlos Hyde. I'm sorry, Carlos Hyde's not. You, like, they're better off getting out for blue back. You know, like you know, like yeah, he was he was basically cut. He was going to get cut from. Oh, he did. Did he get cut from the Chiefs? Or he I think he, I think I think he, yeah, they traded no Carlos him. Hyde was he, they were going to get he was going to get cut, but yeah. then they ended up just trading yeah, him for yeah. for an offensive Might lineman. Get something and and if you're getting an offensive lineman from the Texans who have clearly have offensive line issues, then you're not really getting a quality player. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't know, man. He wasn't playing very well. You know, hey, you know, he like. Bill O'Brien really needs that that Albert that Alfred Blue stat line, you know, like twenty carries for you know twenty one yards, <laughs> like <laughs> it's the perfect Alfred Blue stat line, you know. So, um, Carlos Hyde, you know, maybe he'll get maybe he turns the you know the twenty carries to twenty six yards. I don't know. Yeah, maybe we'll see. Yeah, maybe uh, they'll be all at the goal line. So maybe there'll be touchdowns for that though. Nah, man, the Texans they throw at the goal line, so Carlos. Carlos High is gonna. He's not even gonna be there. For, oh, the play action, play action. Right, there we go. They're there gonna pretend. Go. They pretend to give it to Carlos. And then, High. Yeah, throw it to D Hop. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. So also part of that deal was. Um. Well, I guess we should touch on the deal because it's very. It actually is important from a fantasy perspective because it, it does affect more than just. Um. What. What. Uh. It does affect more than just. You know Kenny Stills and his his fantasy output, his fantasy outlook. So the Houston Texans end up trading two first round picks, one in twenty twenty, one in twenty twenty one, and a second round pick in twenty twenty one, along with two players, uh, a backup safety and a backup linebacker for um, left tackle from the Miami Dolphins, Laramie Tunsil, and Kenny Stills, along with a fourth round pick. So this is a huge get for the the Houston Texans. They get a an all pro caliber left tackle. Some believe is the best left tackle in in football. Um, he's only twenty five years old. Um, you know Deshaun jo- Deshaun Watson got sacked sixty two times last year, an enormous amount um, since coming into the league. He's one of the highest sacked quarterbacks in football. Um, so you know you have to protect him. And protecting him allows him more opportunities to make plays down the field, um, make you know bigger plays to DeAndre Hopkins and and Will Fuller, and now Kenny Stills, who I think um, a lot of people think that he's coming in to be the fourth wide receiver, but you know there's really nothing. I mean, Kiki Kuti's been productive in games that he's played, um, but that's the caveat: games that he's played because he he hasn't played many. He's he's been dealing with ankle and hamstring issues since since coming into the league. Um, but Kenny, there's nothing I've seen that from Kenny Stills that a lot that thinks that makes me think that he's going to be worse off than than Kiki Kuti in this offense. Kenny Stills has been able to play throughout his career. He's been able to play in the outside and he's been able to play in the slot, um, which I think is something that Bill O'Brien is going to value uh, having a player with that kind of versatility. And then on top of that, when you look at when he's been, um, you know, look, look at the time when he was in in New Orleans with Drew Brees and you know he was productive or you know some of. Ryan Tannehill's best seasons coincide with some of Kenny Stills' best seasons in mm. in in um in Miami, and you know even when he had success with Matt Moore. So you know we've seen Kenny Stills be a productive player in in bad offenses. Now you take him 
and you put him in a good situation, I don't see why he wouldn't take a step up here. But what do you think? Um. So yeah, he right now he's definitely as far as the depth chart. Uh, Hopkins, Fuller, Kiki. Um, you gotta kind of have Kenny Stills adjust in that offense. Um, but you were saying yeah, Kiki does have a lot of injury history. Um, so he could fill into that at least that number three role and. If you can get him time in the slot, uh, that'd be pretty good in that offense. Um, I think it actually impacts probably helps Albert Wilson more for Miami because now with Kenny Stills gone, Albert Wilson was already doing pretty well last year in his time uh, in Miami with Kenny Stills. And so now without him, that kind of bumps up it, but maybe his target share a little bit and he could be pretty effective for um, people if they need a, a waiver stash right now. Oh, man. So, I've had this guy on my mind, like, literally for, like, two weeks now. And I haven't brought him up. Because, um, Greg, you and I are in, like, a few leagues together. Yeah. <laughs> we co-own two <laughs> leagues now. Um, so, it's hard to keep my fantasy secrets from you. <laughs> That's fact. It's, like, really hard. <laughs> so, I've been, I've been holding on to this one for a long time now. Yeah. So, but let's wrap about this. What do you think about this? So... Prior to, you know, clearly, you know, we we, we know the situation um, in Miami with the owner uh, and, and the players. And, um, you know, Ken, that's part. I think that's part of the reason why Kenny Stills isn't in Miami anymore. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, cause, because of some of those issues. Yeah, there was one practice. <clears throat> um, I think they played like five, five Jay-Z or five, yeah, six Jay-Z songs in a row. Six straight Jay-Z songs in a row. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, which is crazy because Brian Flores... I think was behind that, which is a whole different conversation. Yeah, <laughs> we won't sure. even get into. Sure. But, um, but you know, Albert Wilson had some of those same problems too. That you know, he was voicing some of those same concerns too. That that Kenny Stills was was uh, voicing. Um, which I mean, not, obviously, nothing happened, and I don't, I'm not saying anything will happen. But um, one player that we tend to forget about, and you know, this was a productive player last year, in Miami. Um, this is a player, you know, we say follow the money. This player just got paid. Um, Jakeem Grant. Hmm. Interesting. Right? Like, um, super fast. Guy you know, this too. guy, he's, he's super fast, super explosive. Yeah. Um, you know, he got injured last year. Um, I, I, I forget what, what week it was when he did get injured. Um, but but he got injured last year. But if you don't, if you don't, if you remember him and Albert Wilson were basically the Miami offense. Yeah, they were like running backs um, and wide receivers. They were doing like and the wide receivers. Plays, they were, I remember. Yeah, <clears throat> um, but you know these guys were explosive, and, and and now they they move a guy out in in Kenny Stills. Um, they just paid Jakeem. I mean, it's it's not it's not a lot of money. It's a it's a four year extension, worth up to twenty four million dollars, so six million dollars a year. It's not. It's not a. It's not a lot of money. The commitments there um, for the four years. But so the that, commitments there, yeah. exactly. Four, you know, the four years is there. Um, you know, the, the this is a guy that you know. This is a, this is this is. We have to also think about this is completely new coaching staff, right? Like new head coach, new offensive coordinator. Um, you know, so like clean slate for everybody. So they don't have any allegiance to Jakeem Grant. You know, they didn't come in. Jakeem Grant's not one of their guys. Mm-hmm. You know, Jakeem Grant was on that roster when they got there. And this is a guy that they decided 
you know, what we've seen what you've done um, as an opponent, you know, coming from, you know, this staff coming from New England. And they say, you know, we've seen what you've done as a as a player and as a as a teammate in the locker room, you know, just in being with you in this offseason. And this is what we think you're worth. This is what we think you deserve. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Because um, sure. this is this is a guy that, you know, this is this extension was done early. You know, so that pretty um, passed my mind. I didn't really realize that about Jakeem Grant. Yeah, I mean, you know, we forget about him, but this is this is a very very explosive player. Um, you know, he's he's I think he's somebody to keep in mind. I, I'm not gonna go run pick him up, but um, I'm not expecting Miami to do much in week in week one against um, against Baltimore. Um, but as the season progresses, I, you know he's somebody who's whose snaps, um, snap totals. I'm going to keep an eye on. How we uh, uh, how we feeling about your boy Devontae Parker, yo? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm off that train. Off that train. Could, yeah, I mean, I've read so many Devontae Parker hype stories, bro. Like, I mean, he's like an undrafted. Well, he was going basically undrafted, and you know, he's they always say he's like the most talented out of all those wide receivers. He just, you know. Always is always hurt, um, but like the opportunities, you know, got to be there if he's playing. So, I mean, that's just I don't know, maybe the positives about maybe adding having him as a stash. Yeah, I, I it's just like I don't want too many pieces from this Miami offense. No, no, you like, probably don't want like you know, right? Like they just trade, they just traded their best left tackle. They just traded their best, their like one of their best players, hand like regardless of position, right? They they're clearly selling. This is a team that has two first round picks next year, two second two first round picks each of the next two years, and two second round picks each of the next two years, right? So like, this team is is pro- trying to put themselves in a position to go draft a quarterback. I don't think winning games is on the prior is like a priority for this offense no, or for no, this for team. Sure. They're they're trying to get Tua next year and then yeah, <laughs> tank for Tua, tank for Tua, man. Right. So like, I I, I yeah I just. I'm not. I don't want too many pieces. If I'm gonna get pieces, I want the guys, right? Like, in order, like, in order for a guy like Devontae Parker to be to be to be useful in fantasy, Devontae Parker's either got to be like a stud receiver and play out of his mind, like Josh Gordon did in 2013, <laughs> or like this offense has to be like Ryan Fitzpatrick has to has to bring Todd Monken with them to Tampa Bay, and bring Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. <laughs> And like have Devonte Parker run run out run streaks on the other side like that like those are the only ways I see Devonte Parker producing and so like if if Miami's gonna score all, like score points this year like it's gonna be because guys like Albert Wilson and Jakeem Grant made plays yeah if I'm if I'm gonna take one of those three right now I, I think I would lean towards Albert Wilson uh, he just got picked up in yeah no I'm actually. gonna. Um, so I'm gonna definitely lean towards Albert Wilson yeah. because you you know the pedigree's there. Um, this is a guy that was, he was uh, very, he was very good in, in, um, and he was useful in PPR leagues right. for a, for a stretch until he got until he got hurt with that hip injury. He was very useful in PPR leagues, um, so you know you 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 kind of know what to expect with a guy like Albert Wilson. It's it's easy to make that projection that he's going to be successful, especially when you consider that um, the system that that the that the Dolphins are putting in. Uh, Chad O'Shea, who was the wide receivers coach from New England, is the offensive coordinator. And you just think about how they use slot receivers um, 
you know, Julian Edelman, Wes Walker, so on and so forth. And now you have a guy like Albert Wilson who played primarily in the slot last year. Um, so deductive reasoning tells me he's probably going to play that role this year, you know, um, and and if he does that that then that's the role that's you know that's the the position in this offense that I I would want to target, especially if Miami's going to be losing, um, they're going to be then they're going to be throwing a lot. You know Ryan Fitzpatrick hasn't sh- has not been shy about throwing the ball to the wide receivers. He hasn't been shy about throwing it, whether they're covered or whether they're not. So um, Albert Wilson's yeah Albert Wilson's going to get targeted. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. It's just interesting though, because now that I've talked about this, um, just Devonte Parker just kind of seems like the type of receiver that Ryan Fitzpatrick wants to throw the ball to. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> like throw it up and make me right. <laughs> like <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Um. So yeah, like moving forward. Um. I guess the big news. I don't know how we didn't go to this first. Um. Zeke got paid, man. Super paid. <laughs> Super paid. He's the highest paid uh, running back ever. Uh, got that a total contract, I guess, of 100 mil like through 2026, I think. He's locked in. He's a cowboy for basically. Well, it was what, six years, 90 mil with with 50, mils and $50 million in guarantees. Yep, yep. Yeah, this guy got paid, man. Yeah. Average $15 million a year. That makes him the highest paid running back in football. The guarantees make him... Uh, give him the highest guarantees, uh, higher than Le'Veon Bell did, got last year. So you know Zeke's happy; he got paid. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, so and he was he the was, Cowboys said he he's ready to roll week one. Oh yeah, no, I I mean, yeah, I I think he just wanted to be the highest paid running back as he should. You know, you 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 work so hard to be in this profession. You know, you want you, you work so hard to be the best and and the team the team. You know, this is a team. Um, and the Dallas Cowboys had drafted Zeke Elliott with the fourth overall pick, so clearly they thought highly of him as a player. So why not why not think highly of him as a player when when it's time to pay him? You know, so um, I'm I'm happy to see Zeke get paid, but I know one other person who's who might be happy that Zeke got paid, but isn't it's not any um you know Im, uh, immediate happiness is Melvin Gordon. Oh yeah, because <laughs> Melvin Gordon is probably like. Yeah, Zeke, you did it for us, but Melvin Gordon's not gonna see that money anytime soon. Mm, nah, he's actually the Chargers gave him permission to seek out a trade, so uh, that's gonna be interesting to see throughout the year. Uh, we were talking about who might be a good contender for him, like who would be someone that can get him. Um, it, it's kind of hard finding that because you have to find someone that has money and that's able to give Melvin Gordon that contract because he's probably gonna want that number now. Uh, and NFL trades in general are, are just, you know, hard to come by, too. Yeah, and we talked about this before, um, you know, earlier today. I think we we, you know, we we brought up Tampa Bay as a possibility. Tampa Bay, Houston, I remember coming up before earlier. Yeah, um, Houston makes, I mean, Houston maybe not, not so much yeah, anymore yeah. with how much they've they've lost in terms of, of comp, compensate, like draft pick compensation and, and the salaries that they've taken on now. Um but yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I know that the the Eagles sent out a, like a little Madden trade today. Oh my gosh, they sent out an, an insult <laughs> to Melvin Gordon today. They sent out an insult. Jordan Howard, three under three like three point five yards per carry. Jordan Howard, 
They sent him out there <laughs> in a mid-round swap for Melvin Gordon. That was crazy. We were checking, actually, <laughs> during the day, we were checking Melvin Gordon's, like, four best games, and that kind of made up for two almost two-thirds of Jordan Howard's season last year, which <laughs> so I don't know why they tried to just disrespect my, uh, the Chargers like that. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah that, that's, that was pretty bad, but... um. Hey man, you know you gotta shoot your shot. Got to. Sometimes you just gotta do it. slip in those DMs, those trade DMs one time. Yeah, then, you, you know. know just try. Hey man, that's it. You know, it's advice for the for the for the listeners out there. You know, when you're in your league, you gotta shoot your shot. You know. Yeah, yeah, it might. Especially maybe maybe hope your league mate accidentally hits accept. Yep, yep, yep. And then it's not one of those trades where like there's there's no league vote, and you know you got you got you some yeah. some good players right there. Yeah, there you go. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um. All right, yeah. I mean, any any anything else comes to mind? Any any other anything else that we should cover? Um, now nah, the depth charts came out. Um, I'm not, you know, we were talking about how maybe, you know, coaches be uh, trying to mess with us and stuff, mess with fantasy owners by sending out these depth charts. Uh, how Matt Brietta's starting over Tevin Coleman. How Crabtree's starting. So if you're a Tevin Coleman owner, are right. you gonna freak out? Are you uh, freaking out right now? I. At first, like, I was like, let's say wow. you only have Tevin Coleman. If you only have Tevin Coleman, I would be a little, I'd be a little concerned. I mean, me personally, every league I got Tevin Coleman, which is two. I also got Matt Brietta for security. Um, oh, so yeah, safe. I know, I know, I know. Um, <laughs> but they they paid Tevin Coleman. You talk about following the money. Um, you got to expect in high, favorable games, high scoring games. They're both going to eat. I, I don't wouldn't be surprised if they both finish. Like a top twenty four running back, so you know. Yeah, I mean, like we talked about earlier today, we've seen Kyle Shanahan do this before with with Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman, and you know, so the idea I kind of pitched to you today is, you know, what if Matt Breida is his Devontae Freeman? Yeah. You know, um, you know, because especially like if how do you approach Week One? We kind of talked about it. We were talking about it today, um, but the way how you would approach Week One. Uh, for me, I kind of look back to, okay, well, let's say Kyle Shanahan does see this as his second coming of Tevin Coleman and Devontae Freeman. Right. Well, we already know who Tevin Coleman is. We just need to then assume that Matt Breida is Devontae Freeman. Because, you know, it's kind of, Jarek McKinnon's made it easy for us. Because there was a time, and I don't know if you remember, but when he signed, when they signed... Um, Jarek McKinnon. He compl- he compared him to Devontae Freeman. Oh, there it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he went then and signed Tevin Coleman. Right. So maybe he thinks Matt Breida can be his Devontae Freeman. Yep. And if I if I'm gonna believe that, then I have to believe that if this is a high scoring game, which this is, it's a, a forty nine point forty nine and a half point over under. Um, oh yeah, against, if this against is a the high, Bucks week one, yeah, against the Bucks week one. If I have to assume this is a high scoring game, um, then I I feel comfortable starting both of these running backs. Yeah, I I think you you got to be confident rolling both of them out there. I have both of them in the league with extraordinary people. I think I'm going to roll with them. Um, it's either basically between Breda or, or Jamison Crowder. So I think I'm gonna go with um, leaning towards. It's gonna be tough. So we'll see. All right. Um. Some some other news today that I 
uh, I mean, we as fantasy football diagnostics find it very, very interesting, but really it's just me because I've been the one driving this hype train. Um, but Dari Ugabawale, I hope I said that right. You said it better than um, me. I'm not even going to try. <laughs> Dari Ugabawale, running back from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, um, he was named team captain today, voted by his teammates. That's what's up, man. Uh, yeah. Um, and if you don't know him, who Dario Agawale is, he is, he started out as the fourth string running back, um, behind Ronald Jones, behind, well, technically I'm, I put Peyton Barber above Ronald Jones, but, um, behind Peyton Barber, behind Ronald Jones, behind Andre Ellington. And this guy has essentially worked himself up to the, they say he's third, um, but he beat out Andre Ellington for the last roster spot. Um, they've already said that reports have already said that he's going to be the third down and the pass catching back. Um, so he's got that role essentially locked up. We know Ronald Jones can't. We, we've seen his inability to pass protect. We know Peyton Barber isn't the greatest pass catcher. Right. Um, so. I, that leads me to believe that Dari has a role here. Yeah, he has a um, role. But at least, yeah, you're saying like the third, at the least, third down back. Yeah. At least there's an avenue there, Yeah, you know? Um, and, he, you know, he, he caught 60 passes in his last two seasons of college. So, I mean, just to give you a little profile on him, um, the guy is, he's, he's a thick, he's a thick back. He's like 5'10", like 215". Um, he, he played at Wisconsin. He actually backed up Melvin Gordon at Wisconsin. Um, but he actually switched over from corner. Wow. He played corner his, his first two years at Wisconsin, switched over to running back. Um, he caught 60 passes his last two years at running at, at, at Wisconsin. Um, so, I mean, 60 passes may not seem like a lot, but in college, they're not throwing the balls to the running backs a lot. So for a running back to catch sixty passes in you know in, in two years combined, I think that's that's pretty good. That's a pretty good number. Yeah, definitely in less um, games too. So yeah, in less games, right? That's only two seasons, right? Worth of production that we're talking about. And then, um, and then I mean, he didn't he didn't he doesn't his athletic profile is not that great. He ran four six six, but you know we've seen that running backs, um, you know, two things happen. They don't a they don't necessarily need to run that fast especially when you're a, a bigger thicker back like he is um but especially b i i, I feel like pl- not just running backs but players once they get into the league um they start training on an nfl training regiment like you know maybe they get some more money in their pockets they, they can afford a better trainer whatever it is right you know these guys they get faster they get more explosive um so you know when i watch this guy in the preseason i don't see 466 this guy looks smooth he looks fast he looks explosive maybe it's cuz i'm comparing him to ronald jones and peyton barber when, but you know <laughs> but but he looks he looks good and he looks different than anything that they have um and and if that's the case and you know his his upward projection this guy went from um you know a practice squad player to the fourth string running back so now he's got the prime. He's the primary pass catcher. Um, he was voted team captain by his teammates. Um, you know, this has just been. An, this is like to me. This has been a really good three weeks for Dari, and I, I, I just. I'm just gonna keep riding the wave until, until, like, until I fall off. Honestly, 
Yeah, there's no uh, good momentum behind him. Um, he's a got potential definitely to take, even to get to maybe that number two role because Ronald Jones, his stock just keeps falling and falling because I don't know if people are start, starting to not believe him anymore. Yeah, and then, you know, the the other thing that uh, this reminds me, not this, not he reminds me of as a player, but this situation reminds me of is, remember when Bruce Arians was in Arizona? And remember when he cycled through like three or four different running backs mm-hmm. and eventually he landed on a guy named David Johnson? 2015, man. That's a, that was a league champion right there. Right? And so... um you know, and then at the time, David Johnson, we all knew David Johnson was the most talented back on the roster. Yeah. The problem was sure. he didn't trust he didn't trust David Johnson. You know, it wasn't until he had no choice yeah, that he Ellington, went to David Johnson. Every time he got on the field got hurt. I remember uh It was Andre Ellington, Chris Johnson. Yep. There was I thought like there was another person he tried to go to before <laughs> before he landed on David Johnson. <laughs> but um but that's not the, that's not even the situation here, right? The situation was, you know, Bruce Arians got there. You know, he's inherited these running backs, and he's just determined that this is the guy he can trust. Yep. <laughs> right. So, if that's the case, then, you know, I'm I'm trying to pick up Dari everywhere I can, anywhere I have, um, you know, a roster spot. I mean, we dropped him for Tony Pollard today. Um, I, I dropped him for Tony Pollard today in the in the League of Extraordinary People. I actually made that move right before asking you if you were willing to make the move in um, on the uh, team that we co-own. So uh, I'm glad to see you and I were on the same wavelength there. Um, but yeah, man, I'm I'm trying to pick up Dari anywhere I can. Um, I'm not gonna play him this week. When I say ride the hype train, I'm just I, I just mean I'm picking him up and just gonna stash him. I want to see what happens, especially week one. I'm really curious because if this game goes the way you and I expect it to go, Greg, where we think that we're going to get a shootout here. Yeah. Um, you know, this game's 49 and a half over under. You know, I know I'm taking the over. I think you're taking the over yep. too. Um, so if if this goes that way, then that, mean, that means Dari's going to be on the field. And so we'll know right away week one whether Dari is a valuable fantasy asset or not. Mm-hmm. And that's the best thing to find out, right? Because now I can cut bait right away. You know, like if if week one comes out and, you know, Dari's barely used, now I can, you know, it's, it's fairly easy to make my determination. So, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't know. We'll see, man. I, I'm, I've just, you know, I, I, I've been, I've just been slowly creeping in the, in the bushes for three weeks on Dari. So, so now, now, now I feel, I feel a little, it feels, it feels a little validating. Uh, I feel a little bit more validated now when I, when I, when I draft him. Yes. There's Um, so many week one storylines, so many stashes. Uh, Someone's going to be right. Some people are going to be wrong. Uh, that's that week one question marks that you get. You don't know what you know. Like you didn't know anything yet. Yeah, um, I guess this is you know this is off off the cuff. I, we didn't we didn't have this um, you know listed down or anything. But full disclosure, who is one player that is you know mainly going undrafted that you think will be a hot pickup week one? Hmm. One player going undrafted. Gonna be a hot pickup after week one. 
That's a good question. Uh, I think I'm going to go with... Uh, I think I'm going to go with Adam Humphreys. Mm, I think I'm going to go Adam, Adam Humphreys. Humphreys train. Train. I definitely, I'm, yeah, you brought his name up earlier today. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm pretty... I'm on that Adam Humphreys train. I know he's rostered in... I think definitely under the 20% number. Um, he's the second receiver on Tennessee. Um, someone has to catch the ball. Uh, and, you know... I, you know, Corey Davis has always been up and down throughout his career. Uh, and Adam Humphreys, you know, he's just a consistent back that he was on the Bucks number three and four uh, wide receiver on the Bucks offense. And he was doing his thing there. Uh, I expect him to at least, you know, be that maybe low wide receiver three with some wide receiver two upside possibly. Um, he's just chilling there uh, on a lot of waiver rides. I picked him up in our league today, actually. Um so I'm definitely riding that Adam Humphreys train for sure. He's going to have his own time in the slot. Uh, so he's definitely going to be have the opportunity, and he's a good player. Yeah, if you if we're – I like Adam Humphreys a lot more in a full-point PPR league. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, especially – actually, that's a, that's a nice little sneaky play uh, in DFS this week now that, now that we're talking about it because um, – you know, you just imagine he's going to probably avoid the coverage of guys like Denzel Ward and Greedy Williams mm-hmm. who are going to be on the outside. So he'll be lined up in the slot. So, yeah, I like I like that. Adam Humphreys. Um, hmm. Can I pick Dari? Yeah, I mean, I, I might as well. You, you made a very good case for him. You might as well just say his name and just drop the mic on that. No, nah, no, nah, I'm not. I, I can't. I, I feel like that wouldn't be fair. I feel like I'd be robbing the people. Um, Some bonus info then. Yeah, all right, all right, all right. I got one for you. Um, I brought his name up to you today, but DJ Shark. Mm. Um, wide receiver from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, this guy is... Uh, now, remember, we have D.D. Everyone's, everyone's all about D.D. Westbrook, which I completely understand. Mm-hmm. It makes complete sense. Um, you know, the guy was, he was a baller last year. He's a ball. He's going to be a baller this year. He's got a quarterback upgrade. Makes all the sense in the world, but he's not the only Jacksonville wide receiver. Correct. Right. You're right. Which is crazy because none of the other Jacksonville wide receivers are getting drafted. Yeah, this is true. That, uh, I think they forgot that Blake Bortles is not, he's still there. Maybe Blake Bortles uh, isn't on the team anymore. So, um, we have to start being able to look at these auxiliary pass catchers, mm-hmm. you know, um, and you know a lot of people they they bring up um, they bring up Chris Conley because Nick Foles recruited Chris Conley because they had they they played together on the Chiefs, um, and he recruited him to to come play from the Chiefs to the Jags, um, and so he's starting over there, and apparently they have good chemistry. Um, I just I I don't know I don't get excited about Chris Conley. I used to, there was a time maybe where I was excited about Chris Conley, but been there done that. I don't really. Yeah, anyone on the really, Chiefs offense, you can definitely get excited about at any point. So. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but the guy that excites me is DJ Shark. Right, this is a guy out of LSU. He was he's six three, one ninety nine. Um, he ran four three four at the combine, had a forty inch vert. Um, so you know this guy's big. He's fast. He's super explosive. Uh, the, the Jags drafted him in the second round last year, 61st pick overall. Um, so they think highly of him, clearly. 
the people that drafted him are still in that organization. Um, and he, at LSU, I mean, uh, the quarterback situation wasn't great. But this guy averaged 21 yards a catch his last his last year at LSU. He actually in his career averaged 20 yards, 20 yards a catch. That's a huge number. Um, yeah. So and in his senior year at LSU, he was the starting punt returner, uh, and he averaged 20. He averaged uh, 10 and a half yards of punt return with two touchdowns. Okay, so um, punt return. I got a little little Jarvis in. Yeah. There. So exactly. So he's. So, but remember, this we're not talking about a five ten receiver. This guy's six three, one hundred ninety nine pounds. Mm. You know, returning. You know, averaging ten and a half yards a punt return. You know, running running four three four. You know, um, so this isn't this is a big this is a a big receiver. He's an explosive receiver. Um, so, and a guy with that kind of athletic ability, um, that means that you know. You know, we talked about it before. We, you know, we brought up Christian Kirk and how great he was as a college punt returner, um, and how punt returning, the ability to return punts in college, translates really well to um, just being a good football player or being a good receiver in, in the NFL. And you know, DJ Shark has shown the ability because I think what that allows, what that shows, is that guys, guys. They know how to operate in space, you know. Um, they know how to set up their blocks. They have good vision. Um, they have good good lateral agility and good quickness. So you know you kind of fit the pro like put the profile on DJ Shark. You know this is a guy who's six three, hundred ninety nine pounds. You know forty inch vert. So if you could just you know hone it in, and and really, um, you know we could be talking about. You know, uh, you know, uh, you know, a, a breakout player here, just from a from a physical skill from a physical skill set standpoint. Um, but the reason I like him so much in Week One is because you know he's playing against Kansas City, high over under fifty three and a half points, um, three and a half point underdog at home. This game is going to be back and forth. Um, I think Nick Foles is going to surprise a lot of people. Um, he, you know, he's someone that's went undrafted in, in a ton of leagues, um, but you know, John D. Filippo. Who you know got fired from Minnesota for for you know calling too many pass plays? Um, I think he's gonna call a lot of pass plays on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a hunch that I, it's just a hunch I have. You know his old boss isn't there lurking over his shoulder. You know why aren't you running the ball? So I I, I think they'll be throwing the ball. Um, I think they'll have no choice but to throw the ball with Pat Mahomes on the other side. Um, and if that's happening. Uh, I think DJ Shark is going to be involved. I mean, keep in mind, he had a concussion two weeks ago, but he's back. He's fine. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I'm not going to – I don't have the roster spots in any leagues to pick him up, but I'm definitely going to throw him in some DFS lineups. Yeah, for sure. Throw him in the DFS and maybe, you know, sounds like by maybe that week two, week three, he'll be, you know, coming up. Getting ten percent owned, and then and then I'm gonna stash him and get get him still that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, watch watch like Oscar go run and pick him Facts. up. <laughs> He'd be like, "Yo, <laughs> you about DJ Shark, yo." <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, man. So, uh, yeah. So we touched on it. Um, Thursday night football is, yeah. is, is tomorrow, and I'm so excited. Um, you know, by the time that you guys listen to this, the game will be tonight, but. Um. Yeah, 
nah, I'm excited, man. I just I got goosebumps just thinking about it. Oh, I just had flashbacks to last year where Aaron Rodgers just dropped at halftime. Bro. Like my my knee. My knee, yo. <laughs> Limping down the field. Game winning drives down the field. That's GOAT status right there. Aaron Rodgers, yo. Oh, oh so man. And it's, um, it's a great game to start off for the NFL's 100 season. Just basically the oldest rivalry that the sport has. So it's, it's a good matchup. Yeah, man. It's, it's a really good matchup. So, um, you know, like we said, this game is in Lambeau. Or not it's Lambeau, it's in Soldier Field in Chicago. Um, so Chicago's at home. Uh, it's a 46, 46 point over under. Chicago's three point favorites. Um, what do what do you what do you what do you what do you see in that in that game, Greg? What do you when um, you look at that line? What are you thinking? Yes. So you said the forty six and a half. Is that what you said? It's a forty six point over under. Point over. I that's. I'm just. I'm thinking the, I, the, we'll, uh, the don't, under. Don't don't tell me your pick yet. All right, All right cool. Don't tell me your pick <laughs> yet because we'll get to the picks. Okay. But um, you taking the under? Yeah, I, I was taking the under as yeah, well. Yeah. Um, so in this matchup, who who do you have is your is your key matchup? Uh, I'm definitely looking at you know just in general Aaron Rodgers. You know how that offense. No more Mike McCarthy. You know new offense. What are they going to do, basically, with their passing uh, and, and running? How are they going to balance that out? Uh, they led the league in, you know, plays where Aaron Rodgers threw it away. So, that was, like, about, like, 60 to 60 times, I think, they threw it away. Uh, I don't I know they, they don't want that. They want to clean up that offense. Aaron Rodgers had a, you know, quote-unquote bad year as far as touchdowns and everything. So, I'm, I'm looking forward to, basically, Aaron Rodgers against a top Bears defense. Yeah, um, I I like that. I like that one a lot. Yeah. Um, I'm curious to see. I don't want to. I'm I'm gonna be a little bit different, but um, I'm curious to see this Bears defense against Devontae Adams. Mm. Um, yeah, we kind of talked about this. We were we talked we were touching on it today, but um, you know this Bears pass defense was was really good last year. Um. You know Kyle Kyle Fuller, uh, the corner. Uh, they had they have Prince of Mukamara as the other corner. Eddie Jackson, an All Pro safety. Um, so, the, you know the secondary is really good, and then we haven't even gotten to the defensive front when you got Khalil Mack. Um, yeah, <laughs> return of the Mack. <laughs> um. But yeah, you got you got Khalil Mack, uh, you got Akeem Hicks, uh, you got uh, Ro- Roquan Smith playing middle linebacker in that defense. You know this this whole defense from top to bottom is just so stacked, is just man. full of studs. They got so many pick um, sixes last year. I'm trying to see a celebration yeah. too. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, but when I when I really look at this, because you know we talk about this all the time for receivers. Um, the their their game is so impacted by so many other things around them, you know. Um, so if if the offensive if the offensive line can't protect Aaron Rodgers, then that gives him less time to get the ball to Devontae Adams, you know. Um, but that doesn't seem to be a problem for Devontae Adams because when he played these Chicago Bears, um, when he played these Chicago Bears last year in their first in their first meeting. In Chicago, he went five for eighty-eight for a touchdown. 
Um, in the in the second matchup, which is in week fifteen, he went eight for one nineteen, mm. no touchdown. So he they haven't been they had they weren't able to stop him. Um, not many people were able to stop him last year. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, that's true. But I you know I, I'm curious to see can they can they shut him down? Um, can they stop can they stop Devontae Adams? And and how does that affect Aaron Rodgers? And and you know what does that mean for guys like you know Marquez Valdez Scantling? And Geronimo Allison, so um, that's that's one matchup I'm I'm really curious to see is is how does this this Bears defense attack Devontae Adams and just try to slow him down? Yeah, definitely. You know, just going ahead, my fantasy MVP or my fantasy guy for the game is definitely Devontae Adams. I think he's just gonna ball out, probably be the most outstanding performer in the game. Um, so I, I'm looking forward to him. He's I, like I said before, he's my number one receiver coming into the year. He's my guy coming into the year. Um, yeah, Devontae Adams is a stud. Mm, you can overcome all, man. Better than Mike Evans, too. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I don't even want to go there, that conversation. <laughs> um, so who do you have your eye on tonight, Greg? Uh, definitely Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is uh, the guy I've been, you know, curious about since last year since every time he's been in the game you know we talked about how Aaron Rodgers is always the best Packers running back every time he's in the game he just never got the opportunity Mark McCarthy never gave him the ball and we're like why don't you just give Aaron Jones the ball he's so effective when he he gets it um so I'm, I'm curious to see how many touches he gets you know how many snaps he's on the field all of that how they use him um he's definitely my most intriguing person for this game yeah, I'm just tired of Aaron Jones getting hurt. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I just like feel like he's always hurt. I mean, I love him as a player. He's guy's great. Average five and a half yards of carry in his career. Um I just want to see him just be healthy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean he's good. He's good, <coughs> he's good to go for, for week one. Sorry. Um Alright, so I my the, the player I'm most intrigued to watch, you already know, man. It's David Montgomery, yeah. <laughs> my guy, um, like, uh, he was my he's my breakout running back, um, or yeah, he's my he's my breakout running back. He's the guy I've been trying to get in all of my leagues. Um, his ADP has gone through the roof. Uh, you know, back when I was doing mocks in like July, I was getting him in the fifth round. Now, I, I, I if I don't get him in the third, I'm never gonna get him. So that's crazy. Um, I, I, I'm paying that price. I don't care. Um, I, 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 I'm in, I'm really, I'm really curious to see how he does. Um, and you know, the game really, the, I'm starting David Montgomery. I'm not even going to think about it. Um, you know, he's, he's at home. He's a, he's a favorite by three points, which we all, which we know is favorable for the running back. Um, you know, just remember, remember this game last year, how much Jordan Howard was, was used um and and then just just take that vision of Jordan Howard plotting in your in your mind and then just replace that with David Montgomery just running wild and breaking tackles and I'm just uh you know I got that alert today on Bleacher Report oh, that man. Matt Nagy says the Bears are still pinching themselves I'm still pinching myself <laughs> man I'm so happy about David Montgomery and I'm excited I'm excited to watch him play the, the Bears next Matt Forte man you think he's you know give you a little Hey man, you know I, I'm 
I, you know what? I'm not going to go into player comparisons. I just want David Montgomery to be the best Dave, the best David Montgomery he can be. True, true. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I have, no, I have him in the league, so yeah, as an RB two. So I, I, I need David Montgomery to come through. He he could be a league winner for a lot of people this year. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to put it out there right now. Um, you know, 11:16 p.m. Wednesday night, September 4th, 2019. <laughs> David Montgomery scores at least 15 fantasy points. Week one? Half point PPR, 15, book it. Book it. I'm writing that down right now. <laughs> Week one, Dave Montgomery. I hope you're right, too. Oh, yeah. I hope I'm right, too, because I'm, I'm going to need it. I need the 15 points so I can really use it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So um, you already said who your fantasy MVP is. It's Devontae Adams. Um and I know you think I know I know that you believe you know who my fantasy MVP is, but no, it's not David Montgomery. Um, it's actually Matt Nagy. <laughs> wow, I like that. Matt Nagy, I like that. Is my fantasy MVP? Um, you know, you know how much trust I don't have in Mitch Trubisky, right? But I'm constantly hyping up the Bears, and I always come back with the same thing: I trust Matt Nagy, and that's it. I I don't I don't know he's um, you know, and the thing, this is weird, right? Cause I don't have any ties to Matt Nagy. I just watched what he did in Kansas city. Um, you know, I watched when Kareem hunt and that, and that Kansas city offense was struggling for a little bit two years ago. And Matt Nagy took the play calling away from it or not took it away from Andy Reed. Andy Reed gave it to Matt Nagy and you saw the chiefs offense kind of, um, you know, go up a little bit. They saw an uptick in production um, and the reason for that is Matt Nagy was putting the players in the best positions to succeed. He was having them do what they do well. And because of that, that's a the Bears situation um, under Matt Nagy is a, is a successful breeding ground for fantasy points, right? Like um, if you look at times last year, Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen were both useful fantasy running backs. Yep. Mitch Trubisky was a startable fantasy wide, uh, quarterback. Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller, Taylor Gabriel all had usable weeks as fantasy wide receivers. Trey Burton was a top 12 fantasy tight end. Yep. Right? So Matt Nagy is clearly good for fantasy football. And so <laughs> I'm going to follow him wherever he goes from here on out. And so if he says David Montgomery is my running back, well, guess what? David Montgomery is also my running back. <laughs> Yeah, like so that. Matt Nagy's my fantasy MVP. Yeah, the the Bears haven't had like a you know a top top offense in a while since like the Jay Cutler with Brandon Marshall days. So oh god, yeah. Jay Cutler, <laughs> oh, smoking Jay smoking Cutler, Jay. So yeah, Matt Nagy's <laughs> definitely good for this offense. And yeah, I think Mitch he had a couple QB one weeks last year. And oh, Mitch had. Uh, I'll tell you right now. Mitch had one, two, three, four, five, six top ten fantasy weeks. Yeah, yeah. So for and he was hurt. Remember, he was hurt because um, he he didn't play. He didn't play two games. So because he only so because he had the shoulder mm-hmm, injury. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that means um, he basically did that in the the fourteen. Fourteen, games. yeah, fourteen games. Yep. So um, and then the rest of the time he never finished outside of he never finished outside of QB twenty one. Wow, actually, no, that's that's a lie. I lied. Oh. Sorry, 
<laughs> he finished. <laughs> he finished his QB twenty one. Uh, he finished no worse than QB twenty one. Um, well, sorry, I said that. I said that wrong. Um, he finished worse than QB twenty one three times. Okay, word. word. So. The rest of the time, you're you know you're getting a useful fantasy quarterback. Yeah, for sure. Um, and he's gonna get a, he's gonna get a lot of favorable game scripts because um, that offense doesn't necessarily, um, you know, you they're they're really balanced in what they do, and you know they run the like the ball. The offense runs through a lot of different positions, a lot of different players, um, and and that all runs through Mitch Trubisky. Mm-hmm. So if they're, if they're in a high-scoring game, then I'm going to start Mitch Trubisky. In a game like this at home, I'm probably not going to start him. Um, you know, you're in a redraft league, you probably have better options than Mitch Trubisky. If you're in a two-quarterback league, you have to start Mitch Trubisky. Um, and he's he's I think he's interesting in DFS if you're playing in a cash game. Um, you know, you and I both picked the under on this game. So, you know, if, if you're playing in a cash game tonight, then, you know, Mitch Trubisky uh, probably – isn't 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 bad um a bad route to go but um you know there's not a lot of upside in, in this particular play but you know when they when they do get matchups uh later in the season you know high scoring games you know I, i'd be comfortable starting Mr. Trubisky. yeah for sure I'm, I'm i'm ready to give him the keys to my franchise and my dynasty team so because big ben you know oh yeah he's gonna give you at least like, yeah the big ben retirement retirement like two or three games where he just is hurt he leaves the game at halftime comes back with a broken shoulder or something like that and he tries to play uh or like those ugly games where he's like throwing three picks to jacksonville and stuff so i'm just trying i'm ready to move on i'm I'm ready to give mitch the keys so all right man well um one more thing we got to do before we before we get off we um we want to do something new incorporate some some questions so um, for all you guys listening, if you ever have, you know, if you ever have questions, you can email them to us at football.fantasydiagnostics at gmail.com, or you can find us on Instagram at ffdiagnostics um, and DM us, DM us your questions, or you can find us on Twitter at ffdiagnostics and DM us your questions there, um, or tweet us, uh, whatever you want to do. Um, yeah, definitely. But Send. yeah, we we got two questions. It seems so far. So, uh, what do you what do you what do you got, Greg? Uh, yeah, thanks for uh, sending these questions in. We got one from Nim coming in. So his question was, with the increasing likelihood of star positional players holding out before the season, what is your take on drafting studs that may or may not sit out before the season starts? Uh, P.S. Fly Eagles fly. Um. All right. Well. Thanks for your question, Nim. Um, could have just texted it to you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, so I think going into this year, uh, I had this train of thought where, um, and, and, you know, it proved to be the correct train of thought, um, but I had the train of thought where I don't want to draft Melvin Gordon because I don't see any way that he plays more than the six games that he's he has to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, in order for him to accrue a season, but I'm willing to draft Zeke Elliott because the Cowboys are going to pay him because the Cowboys have no choice. Right. Um, and I operate. I I went into the draft season, you know, prior to our draft, you know, 
believing that and thinking that. Um, and I, I changed my thought process right before the draft um, because it kind of made me think, you know, I was having a conversation with Oscar about it, actually. Um, and, you know, it was like, well, if the situations are the same, why don't you view them the same? You know, because, and granted, you know, this is all a moot point right. because, you know, Zeke ended up signing. Right. But he was right. You know, we should view them the same because there's like, we can say what we want, but we don't, we didn't know if that Zeke was going to sign this deal when he signed it. You know, like we, we, we were on edge up until to this morning. Yeah. Absolutely, you know? yeah. You thought like saying so, it was the day. It's, it's, he's got to at least practice by this time, and they just got it in. He flew back from Cabo, so yeah, we're on that. Yeah, seat. and and I mean, and if you got Zeke, if you got Zeke late in drafts, um, you know, like Joe got him at seven. I was in an auction league. He went for forty five dollars. Like if you got on a two hundred dollar budget, like if you get Zeke that late, or you know, for for that cheap, then if you got him that le- that late, that cheap, good for you, you know. Um, but for me. I couldn't find I couldn't talk myself into paying that investment, especially after having seen what we saw with Le'Veon Bell last year, because, um, you know, logic people think logically until they start thinking emotionally, you know, and, and that came up to in conversation when we talked when, you know, the whole Zeke who thing happened. Yeah. Like Zeke who thing, you know, it was like it came out that Zeke's that Zeke's camp. They think they, they saw it as disrespectful, you know. So, um, you know, it's, it's, we have to remember that we're, we're dealing with human beings and it's, it's kind of hard to predict, but you know, I know I'm going, you know, round and about to answer this question, but basically the answer to this question is, is, is how much risk are you willing to, 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 to take on, right? How much risk are you willing to assume? Mm-hmm. Because if you, you know, like Jill did, she drafted him at seven overall, she was willing to accept that risk of, Hey, you know what? If I get him. You know, if he plays 16 games, I got a steal, which she did. Mm-hmm. Um, and if he doesn't play the 16 games, you know, then, you know, I have to I have to do the things necessary to fill in for it. Um, me. I wasn't necessarily willing to take that risk because I had I've I've come up to the frame of mind where your first your and even your second round picks, you want um you don't, you don't, I don't want them not shooting for the highest floor, but I want them, I want to maximize my, my, my ceiling and my floor. Like, I want the best combination of floor and upside right. in my first and second round picks. Right, right. And, um, I just couldn't, I didn't feel comfortable taking Zeke Elliott in the first, in the first round, knowing that he might not play. You know, and then you get this whole repeat of a Love Bell situation. And if you drafted him and you secured Tony Pollard, then, you know, good for you. But at the same time, like, I didn't want to feel forced. I don't want to feel forced to draft Tony Pollard. You know, because now every other team in the league knows you're going to draft Tony Pollard yep. or you're looking to draft Tony Pollard. So now you have to overdraft him to draft him. You know, so like you've essentially used two picks on the same position in the same backfield. And it's not like a situation where it's like, I drafted Tevin Coleman and Matt Breida. Like, when Zeke shows up, Tony Pollard is, like, yeah. useless. His projection went like, literally from 13 to 1 in, like, a hard So, beat. like, this isn't the same thing here, right? So, like, um, it, it really just comes down to what, how, how much risk are you willing to assume? Like, what do you, like, 
you know, what, like how much of a head, like I've, I've really started trying to, or literally started to describe it as this, especially when we talk about all the AB stuff. I've, like how much of a headache do you want on your fantasy team? Like, do you want this? Like, are you comfortable being able, like ask Zeke owners that didn't have Tony Pollard, how stressed out they were for the last th- two or three weeks. Yeah. They were, they were going crazy. Right. Were- <laughs> so if you're comfortable with, if you know that I'm okay with that kind of stress or this doesn't stress me out or, you know, I'm, I'm okay. I'm going to be able to manage or my, the, the people in, in this particular league, they're not that sharp. So I can, I can overcome something like this. If those are the things that you know, then make the decision based on that. Yeah. You know, but like every situation, like every situation is not the same. Like today, Melvin Gordon went in the fifth round of a, of a keeper league draft, you know, and, and I think that's a good deal because Hey, if Melvin Gordon comes back, you got him for six games. If not, you have him for a fifth round pick next year. Mm-hmm. You know, so like, like every situation is different. Yeah, you just gotta take it case by case. Um, and what? Yep, Jill. One person took you know Zeke, and now she's fine. He or she's fine. And then John Frenna, who took Melvin Gordon, uh, or the uh, Melvin Gordon owners are just you know stressing out now, uh, especially if they don't have uh, Justin Jackson or Eckler. So. It's yeah, two sides of the story. You, you gotta just you know keep following, um, and you be be ready to back up those picks like as far as your draft. Because you know talking specifically about Joe's team, she took Zeke, but then still got on Jackson on the back end, and also got Marlon Mack. So she, it kind of got covered as far as the RB one and two, just in case Zeke didn't come back. Yeah, and that's a that's a good strategy to take. You know. Um... You know, I, I, I mean, I, I was gonna probably take that take that strategy anyway. But you know, when I drafted Todd Gurley, um, you know, with the injury considerations being what they are, you know, I I kept trying to draft more running backs because you know I was it was I was looking at it as Todd Gurley insurance, right? You know, and so when you're in a position like that, you you've really got to strengthen your roster. And and now look, like now Jill has three. Um, you know, her running backs are a strength. Now. Right, right. You know. There's so much um, depth at wide receiver. You can figure it out where if you, you know, keep plugging that running back, you can get those wide receivers late or just throughout the draft. Look, we're talking about wide receivers that are on the waiver wire yeah. today. So oh, yeah. Adam, yeah. You, could o- you could always find wide receivers. Um, You know, I, I'm not going to – I'm not going to – you know, I'm not gonna kill somebody for drafting. You know, you know, three or four running backs, you know, like with their first, you know, three or four picks. Yep. Um. All right. So the next question we have is from Jill. It's uh. <laughs> it starts. Who would you start? Sit start questions. In your flex, Christian Kirk or Slash Christian Kirk. <laughs> That's a little insider information right there. <laughs> Sterling Shepard or Marlon or Marlon Mack in your flex full point PPR. Uh so you got Marlon Mack going against the Chargers at uh, LA, and then you have Sterling Shepard in Dallas. Um, so the more and more I think about this, I I still think I'm gonna go with Sterling Shepard. Um, just just because one. Uh, so just you know, from a half point PPR standpoint, you know, it's PPR league. Sterling Shepard, I think he has a chance to get, uh, you know, that ten to like eight to ten reception mark, which is right away, you know, five to seven points. Um, and 
uh, you know, I think he just has a, a favorable matchup. Not as far as like the uh, Cowboys defense is, you know, they have good corners, they have uh, good defensive backs, but just as far as opportunity, um, Eli's gonna have those a lot of short throws, but they'll they'll go to Sterling, they'll go to Saquon, um, and you. I just don't know how the Andrew Luck retirement is gonna impact Marlon Mack, and I want to find that out rather him on the bench rather you know for Sterling in this case yeah um this one I yeah I have to disagree with you on this one I know we we you know we um for me here Sterling Shepard right he's a my he's a seven point underdog on the road against the Giants so that tells me for a wide receiver that that'd be pretty good favorable game script Mm -hmm. um and something that I I'd I'd want a piece of because you know that that tells me that team should be throwing the ball um and hopefully that receiver is involved in that you know and Marlon Mack on the flip side is a six and a half point road dog which is bad for a running back of his of his skill set you know of his uh, Marlon Mack's not known to be a pass catcher you know if this was a pass catching running back or um, you know someone like Christian McCaffrey or Alvin Kamara you know we wouldn't care about the spread but this isn't that's not Marlon Mack Marlon Mack's a, he's known to be a bruiser he's a um, you know he's not really involved in the pass game so that would tell me that the you know the game script would would be against Marlon Mack there um, but that's if you actually believe that those two things were going to happen. Um, now I believe that the Giants are going to lose to the to the Cowboys on Sunday. Um, I believe that that was going to happen with or without Zeke, and I was taking the points, the minus seven with with or without Zeke. We talked about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't have faith in in Eli Manning. Um, not just Eli Manning. I'm not going to trash Eli Manning here. That's not what this is for. Um, but I don't have faith in the in the Giants' pass offense. Um, I don't have the faith in the offensive line's ability to protect Eli, and I don't have faith in uh, Eli's ability to accurately, uh, to consistently at- deliver the ball accurately to Sterling Shepard. Um, and when you look at a guy like Sterling Shepard, who in his career his his average depth of target is nine point three, um, so there's not a lot of there's not a lot of upside baked into those targets. Right, we're not talking about like you know somebody with uh, you know that's going to be getting a, a crazy amount of air yards or you know getting targeted down right, the field. Right, right. He's definitely so, like that to me, possession receiver. Yes, yeah. it's going to be short, intermediate, um, and you know so so yeah, there is the realm of possibility. It is within the range of outcomes that he could end up somewhere in the ballpark of five to eight receptions. You know, completely within the realm of possibility, but at the same time. You know what do those five to eight receptions come with? Right. You know, right. If they come with fifty yards, you know, and a half point PPR, seven and a half points. I'm not really too thrilled about that. But if I'm projected to win and I just need somebody to throw in my flex, then I'm gonna I'm comfortable taking the seven and a half points. If I if I don't feel like Marlon Mack is going to be uh, productive in a game where he's a seven point under or six and a half point underdog, but this is where my belief in that I actually don't believe that the Colts are going to lose to the Chargers. I don't believe that they're going to lose by six and a half points. I think this game is going to be um, much closer than that. I think, and I think the Colts actually win this game, um, and and upset the Chargers in in LA. So if I believe that that's going to happen, 
then I have to believe that Marlon Mack's going to be involved in this game. Um, and if I believe Marlon Mack's going to be involved in this game, then, then I, I have to assume that Marlon Mack's you know, probably going to score a touchdown. Because his likelihood of scoring a touchdown is higher than Sterling Shepard's. I agree with that, definitely. Um, so if, if, um, if I'm projected to lose, then obviously I'm, I want touchdowns. You know? So I'm going to go with Marlon Mack. So um, that's in this situation, but again, it comes down to the process, right? Like, if you follow the, if you follow, if you want to follow the process, you know, the, you know, looking at looking at the over unders, and you know, looking at the game that way, um, and start Sterling Shepard, you know, that's a completely acceptable, um, acceptable, uh, you know, deduction to make. And on the flip side, you could then say, well, then Naheem Hanch would then probably be the play in Indianapolis, and that would be a reasonable. A deduction to make as well but my belief is that the chargers aren't going to beat the colts by six and a half points yeah and because of that i i see this game going differently and because of that i i personally would play marlon back and just to touch on specifically for her league like say full point ppr so that's even more of a reason why i'm kind of leaning towards Sterling shepherd um just that reception number uh he's gonna get at least seven targets you, you you're gonna guarantee that um there's no golden tape um so though i can't you know it's hard for me to think about the other two receivers that the giants have besides sterling um evan ingram is probably there you know next best receiver so and he's the tight end um so i think sterling shepherd's gonna you know have the opportunity there and he's you know could get you that high upside of getting 80 to maybe 100 yards in a game. Yeah, I mean, when you when you consider a full point PPR, um you know, then it becomes starts to become a little bit of a different story, but I, I would still go Marlon Mack there um just because of my confidence in, in in the Colts ability um to keep this game close and to keep Marlon Mack involved um because I you know, I made the argument today um actually for Sterling Shepard that you know, he doesn't, in a full-point PPR league, Sterling Shepard doesn't need to score to get you 10 points. Right. You know, he can catch five balls for 50 yards. That's your 10 points right there. Mm-hmm. But in a full-point PPR league, Marlon Mack needs to score to get you 10 points. He's not going to get you 100 yards rushing. Um, not not if you believe that the Colts are going to lose, right? Right. If you believe that the Colts are going to lose, then, you know, Marlon Mack needs to score a touchdown in order for him to get you those 10 points because he's not going to get the 100 yards rushing. Um, and so in a full-point PPR league, I, yeah, I would understand why it would be a little bit easier to go Sterling Shepard. But based on what I actually believe is going to happen in the outcome of this game, I'm still going to go Marlon Mack. Yeah. Uh, totally forgot, by the way, that we that didn't actually pick a winner for the Bears-Packers game. So um, who... Oh, shoot. We never did that, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, who, do you, who do you got? Okay, so um, I'm picking the Bears. Yeah, I'm. I'm yeah, I'm taking the Bears too. I'm taking the Bears too. I think yeah. they're just a better and, overall team than the Packers. Yeah, um, I'm with that. I'm with home. that too. Um, they've got the better defense. I I think the you know the quarterbacks not on the same stratosphere, but I think the offenses are evenly matched. Right. Um, you know, like I said, in Matt Nagy, I trust. So Bears Chiefs Super Bowl, book it, yo. <laughs> <laughs> well, we gotta book my we gotta book my David Montgomery fifteen fantasy right, right, points right, tomorrow right, right. first. Right, right, right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All 
All right, man. Well, uh, yeah, that's it, man. Um, thanks for listening, guys. Next time you hear us, we'll be talking about um, we'll be talking about matchups. We'll be looking ahead to the weekend's games and ah, uh, Sunday's almost here. Sunday, Sunday fun day. Oh, oh man, can't wait to wake up at like day. nine the in the morning. Fun day, just like start looking oh, at news. I won't even go to sleep. Actives and actives all that. <laughs> Just not even gonna go to sleep. Go to just gonna sleep. be awake. Yeah, just be, yeah, just be up, yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. Alright, this is awesome. Alright, man. We'll have a good one, bro. Uh and people, good night. Yeah, man, we are out. I probably, I'm sorry I messed that up. Cause I'm saying goodnight to you. I shouldn't <laughs> say goodnight to you. I should say goodnight. I should say bye to you or bye to them. And then after that. Alright, cool. Hold on. One twenty nine. Okay. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, remember, please subscribe on Apple iTunes podcast, on uh, Spotify and Stitcher. Rate, review us, please. Yep. Um, and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at FF Diagnostics. Send us those questions too, man. Instagram, all of that. Slide in those DMs. Send us questions. We, we, we like them all. Sis starts are here. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, y'all. See y'all this weekend. We out. We out.